0: Welcome to episode eight of Podcast X. I am one of your hosts, Ben Kendrick, and I am joined by my co-host, Rob Keys. Good evening. And special guest, Kofi Outlaw.
1: I feel like we should start a segment of the show where we just kind of, you know, address things for our in-universe, you know, network of the show and things that are happening in-universe and... I'd like to kick that off inaugurally by saying the first thing I'd like to talk about is Ben Kendrick. When are you going to stop ducking this Project X conversation? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh,
0: I, feel like, uh, I feel like in the coming weeks, there's a lull in maybe big movie and TV releases where that so will on uh, Netflix
1: to so July 31st. We've already had a fan pointed out. I see nothing in any of the planning talks for any Project X, which is like one of the main reasons I came back out for this guest (laughs) appearance thing. It's just to get to the Project X conversation. So it sounds like we're coming up on it, but uh, I mean we got to address this. And like I said, this is kind of show notes. Uh, What do you? How long are you going to keep ducking this?
0: I uh, I am I am willing to commit to by the end of the month having at least a portion of one of these podcasts be dedicated to a re review of podcasts or of project X. Um, there I have I will it. commit to that by the end of the month. So Isn't if it? you Is are anybody going to Comic-Con, like, like, like what's going on with that? Oh, uh, I am not going to Comic-Con this year, Rob, you ended up ducking out of it this year, right?
2: I did. I'm, I, I am very split on this, but in the end I decided not to go this year. I have some other stuff I need to attend to. However, uh, I'm sure like your team Kofi we're sending a lot of people down I, i'm I'm in the midst and have been in the midst of planning this for weeks now and really in the thick of it right now, but we're sending over th- you know because we have three sites going we're sending over thirty people and video teams and it's 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 an absolute nightmare it's it's so overwhelming trying to set up three different media rooms and three different teams and handling the travel and all this stuff that it's so stressful I'm actually happy I'm not gonna be there because you guys. I mean, the three of us spent many, many years there together, and it's always a last-minute mess And day-to-day. Everything changes. It's crazy, and I just can't handle that times three. <laughs> so uh, yeah. luckily I have a good enough team who can kind of handle it on the floor. You're going to be our, well, you're be our man on the ground. When I say
0: boo <laughs> yeah.
2: on both of you. Are uh, you we going to come back
1: this year? Yeah, I'm going. Hell yeah. We <laughs> of have oh. any year to go. This is the year. Come back Comic-Con's a week and a comeback, bro. What do you think I'm going to be?
2: Well, it's like three weeks ago. You're like, nah, I don't know. I'm gonna go.
1: <laughs> yeah, but then Comic Con yeah. stepped its game up, and so I was like, well, now you're worthy, and then I came.
0: Yeah, That's it's uh, pretty much how I've
1: been doing it until I got two kids. You know,
0: boom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Marvel. Uh, uh, like Marvel's going now, and there's like a couple other big ones, right?
2: Yeah, I'm sure Kofi has it on the schedule too. There's a couple big ones that have yet to be announced. So you know, in all in all, it is going to be a, a big year for movie and TV, which is which is good to see. So, yeah. That's awesome.
0: Um yeah, I'd like to go I'd like to go again some next someday. year. Yeah, next year. I'll be uh I'll go for screen rant, Rob, and I'll just review the F- movies.
1: There's not gonna be a next year.
0: Oh, you <laughs> oh, want same YouTube
1: review movies? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean there's just not gonna be a next year.
0: Oh. Like oh <laughs> like like Like, tw- like <laughs> the world is not yeah, I mean at the <laughs> rate that the rate that things are going, that's probably a pretty accurate accurate assessment, I would say. Um Okay, well, so this week we're going to be talking Stranger Things, and then we'll, you know, slide into some maybe kind of uh, just sort of fun conversations at the end here, depending on how much time we we have. Similar to last week, we, you know, we got the impression that a lot of people kind of enjoyed us talking about all the movies that we had walked out of. So, um, you know, we have some other kind of fun conversations like that potentially lined up. But we'll see. There's a lot to talk about in this, uh, in this sort of Stranger Things season four, um, you know, finale recap. So um i am going to start with our biggest stranger things fan rob kitt Ke- no i'm just kidding i'm not ever gonna say anything about that like that again because kofi absolutely crushed us with that uh with me implying that rob keys was the biggest the biggest star wars fan and listening back to that podcast uh I would, I would well, definitely I say. I you know, know, know we've all lost
1: touch over the years, but I just didn't know what you were smoking from that. Like, I was just <laughs> like, what?
0: What? Based on I what? I, was, I think I was. Uh, I think I was. I was caught up in all of Rob's love for the video games in the past. Like, and <laughs> I, I, I really didn't want to like
1: flex, but you know, I was like, bro, do you know how much like loot Star Wars money I'm after these days?
0: Like, you know, <laughs> fucking deep in this no. Star Wars stuff. Are you kidding me? Sometimes I say. Dumb things that are unsubstantiated on this podcast that are just me, uh, me trying to intro things. I, I credit this as one of those.
1: Uh, I mean, I think it's pages. a very honest moment where you break the fourth wall and kind of remind people this isn't the old screen. You know, the old SR underground. We've been we've been away from each other. We don't know things. There's a lot it's of true. mysteries here. So yeah, Ben thinks think... we're he's the biggest Star Wars fan. And that's about where the fuck
0: we are with <laughs> understanding things. It's possible. Yeah. It's like, I didn't know that Kofi like basically became a scar, like a Star Wars scholar during the pandemic and read every comic book that there possibly could have ever been written about, uh, about Star Wars. So we have only uh, had two years to catch up to this.
1: Yeah, or I you watch my other excellent podcast Comic Book Nation, which you can hear us interview many uh, creators and uh, people involved with Star Wars. They're our, you know, they're our best interview friends.
2: Not just yeah. that, man. Ben Kofi knows friggin' everything because, like, you're. I do know everything. Yeah. Yeah, like, actually, though, in terms <laughs> of the content, you are like now the content king, certainly of us three, because yeah, you I know, know that nobody.
1: Nobody appreciates it, but uh, just like our other <laughs> podcast, one day
2: they're going to like discover,
1: I was making a joke about it, it got a little dark on my last episode, uh, I think this podcast is doing bad things to me and my other podcast, but uh, <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I made a joke about how we're the only show that actually does everything for geek culture, and then like 10 years from now, somebody will get the great idea from some company to start a show that's everything for geek culture, <laughs> and then, you know, I'll just be like... And I'll be like, but these episodes will still be here. But uh, you know, I mean, that's why we're here, Podcast yeah. X. We still haven't really leaned into the fact that this is like the meta sequel to a pioneering podcast we already did. And yes. like, yeah. So I mean, yeah, for you sure. know, you know, you just gotta get out of here and have fun with it, kids. Take your traumas and have fun with them. <laughs>
0: that's it. Yeah, this is a yeah. If we haven't talked about it before, this is basically just therapy. This is tonight is a mezcal through-
1: night, by the way. Incidentally, that's a good time to mention. Okay. The, yeah, I my think my it, one cup. I
0: it, well, I was gonna say, I think every week you should give us a give us a hat tip on what your, you know, what you with what, what your special guest is for the week.
2: Wait, wait, no, 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 no brand names though, because you know they could pay us for that name drop. Oh no, um, no, no brands. Come on, what am I a rookie
1: at this? Come on, bro. No, I've been in the industry a long time. <laughs> I don't give anybody nothing unless they're paying. There is no free promotion <laughs> unless I'm doing it. <laughs> the only time I ever do free promotion is when I am trying to promote places or products that I want to thrive for simply for my own selfish uses. You know, like there are things I don't expect to get money from, but I still like want to do them or have, have them. Learned. So like I will shout them out yeah. Man, I'm thinking I got to do a spin off podcast called one DM. That'd be a great name. Don't anybody steal this. If you're listening to this one DM <laughs> would it be one drink minimum and it'll be like,
0: yeah, like that. Yeah. Go I feel like, uh, when I started that podcast, just like kind of was testing it out with Steve Paw from who used to be the managing editor of CBR. And he worked in the, in the Valnet office with me was the, uh, the clicks, clickmates was the name of that podcast. And I thought that was a great, uh, yeah, whole idea of that, like, was that we would read like the worst and meanest comments on ScreenRant and CBR respectively, and then basically build a podcast around responding to them. <laughs> um, which which I loved the idea of, but it just uh, we were both way too busy running the running the website. Yeah, I don't know if you guys are the personalities for that. No, I mean for sure.
1: I don't. I don't know. You'd be, like, you'd be all Canadian. You're not even Canadian. You'd be like,
0: <laughs> well, it's
1: a good thing. I hear your point. I see yeah, your point. it's <laughs> true.
0: It's true. I played it. I played it to middle ground for sure. I think. Uh, I, My still, podcast I still. I still short sure to be like, yes, I hear your comment, and let me just say, fuck you. Remember when we, like, pitched the idea to the – I think the three of us were talking about doing, like, a road trip reality TV show where we would go confront, like, our like our listeners. and. I think uh, that's what and, you like, guys
1: pitch were a reality road show, and I was pitching a true crime docu-series. <laughs> <laughs> Same premise, though. Yeah. We yeah. go around the road and <laughs> find people who are talking trash on the internet, and we see yeah. what happens and film it. Yeah. yeah, mine was a true crime, yours was a like a happy reality show. I do remember I think that. that's probably that's
0: probably true. <clears throat> I I still love that idea. I would still love to do that. Um okay, all right. Well, uh Stranger Things. So, who wants to who wants to start?
1: I feel like Rob got a last. Brand. This has been show notes. This is your update of our in universe uh talkings about the show and Ben Kendrick ducking things. So, now <laughs> let's get to our main topic which is Stranger Things this week.
0: Yeah. I feel like the last time we talked, Rob was the least caught up on it. So I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to emphasize that Rob, you're the biggest Stranger Things fan here or anything, but I feel like you were the least, least caught up. So I'm kind of curious how, you know, starting with you, how this season sort of ended up playing out for you.
2: Yeah, sure. That very first time we talked about it, I was behind. I think you guys were like three to five episodes in, and I just started. But if you remember, last week we did some speculation on – what oh, may happen yeah. and it's who may it. not live. And we were very off base, <laughs> yeah. not even close. I listened, <laughs> I listened to that in the car today. It was a wonderful <laughs> listen. Um, but no, I, I did share some thoughts and I know Kofi RT'd some of the stuff I shared on Twitter, but I think I'm, I'm going to guess we're in agreement on a lot of these things, but I loved it. I, I love the show this season, especially um, I think last time we spoke about it, like season one, I was very special to me. Season two was a miss. Season three was on the up and this I think they hit it. They hit a home run with this one. Um, with the delays, the long production, the massive episodes, the massive amount of characters and side plots, and the, the way they weaved it all together in the first seven, they continued that and they earned the end spot uh, in, the, in the back two. They earned those characters getting back together, um, and they did it in a very Stranger Things way. And by that, I mean I, I know we play jokes about who's not going to make it, who's going to die. But you know, the Duffer brothers, <laughs> even some of the actors, like maybe Bobby Brown complains about that saying there's the stakes aren't high enough. More characters need to die. And the Duffer brothers, their response was that this isn't Westeros, right? This ain't game of Thrones. This is Hawkins, <laughs> Indiana. Uh, yet there was still some insanely emotional moments I'll say in, in the final two. Um, so yeah, look, look, uh, broad strokes first like to me stranger things at this point is on the level of those once a decade mega event shows right and to me that was lost then it was game of thrones at least the first five seasons and then it was this and uh, it, it's special in a way that part of it may be flavored by us getting together and talking about it this is our eighth episode of podcast X and we've probably touched on stranger things in half of them so far. So that makes it special. But beyond that, just the interactions I'm having online in, in, in discord with, with coworkers and friends. And then on Twitter, there's like, there's like a, an extra level of buzz and recommendation. And certainly I'm seeing lots of recommendations for other great shows. Like, I always say strange new worlds, but that's, that's different. This is like a mega event level of recommendation. And, and uh, in in terms of what we actually saw in these final two episodes and the rest of the season, uh, little things, the music was amazing. The visuals were so good and the way they make the upside down more dynamic than what we saw going back to the first season uh, where they've evolved that um, and and Vecna along with it. Um, I I love that scenery. Um, I love that this in the finale, we had some real stakes uh and matthew modine's character had a big role to play in this season and and you know that sacrifice play was cool eddie was a brand new character and they played it safe by taking strikes against a brand new character versus a character who's been there since season one but it was earned and some of the epic music moments and that metallica solo on in the upside down like that's such an iconic tv moment that will last the ages and that's like You know, I'm, I'm, I'm still like high on this show after watching it the the day it dropped. Um, and me having, I am behind on content in a big way since having kids in the last six months, I've made a big effort to catch up and like always epic streaming shows. Like I've I've been binging constantly, so many shows. This one does stand higher than all of them. And I've seen so many great shows and I have so many good ones to recommend, but, uh, stranger things is really something special again. And, and, but, but certainly I, I do have a lot of questions and there are some things I still find weird. Uh, you know, we'll get nitpicky later, but um, I, I really thought this was something special. And I'm looking forward to them uh, doing season five. And that's going to be the final season. They said it's going to be shorter episodes. They're going to start writing it in August. And uh, I'm dying to see what happens next. But uh, I'll leave it there because I'm very curious what you guys thought of the final two.
0: Yeah, Kofi, I know you, uh, you know, on, on Comic Book, you had previously said that you were a little bit soft on the first couple episodes and were, were a little bit concerned. And by the time we had talked, you know, we were both. Um, past like Max's storyline, um, you know, with the with the running up the hill sort of sequence and everything. How did you feel about how everything sort of wrapped up? Were you on that high from where we talked previously, or did you come back down some?
1: Uh, no, I understood the question. Um, yeah, um, yeah, that didn't age well. My whole first week rant against Stranger Things, but to be fair, that was a very Crazy week, like there was a lot going on that week. I think that week we had like the what was that? Like the wasn't that the Obi Wan finale that week? I think it was, like, yeah, Stranger was... Things came out that Friday. Something else came out that Friday. Oh, yeah, Hero Gas, yeah, yeah, it, so, it was yeah, there was quite
0: a few things happening,
1: yeah, it was nuts. So, uh, no, it wasn't Hero Guys and came out like a couple weeks ago. Uh, but a anyway. things
2: were starting at the same time, I think, was, yeah, yeah, I think it was, was yeah, yeah. It was a couple things were starting at maybe? the same time.
1: That's yeah, maybe it, yeah. It, was Marvel. It, it was It was just very busy. I remember that. And this was like, I had to get through it and a whole bunch of other stuff. And it was just like, I was tired when I started it up. And that first episode is a kind of slower episode because it is just the catch up. It's the recognition like, hey, we haven't seen you motherfuckers in like two years. Here's where everybody <laughs> is. Get over how old these fuckers look now. Like, don't spaz <laughs> out. Like, and doing all that whole nine yards, which it needed to do. But I was just like... After everything that was happening that week, like I watched that and it wasn't like the greatest content shock of me when I saw the first episode. Now, I went on a rant about how Stranger Things, uh, but, you know, for all the, you know, the dedicated audience we have for Comic Book Nation, I really hope that that episode doesn't get out because it has not aged well because, yeah, Stranger Things 4 was – epic. It was awesome. I did an entire rewatch up until volume two coming back out. So I could just really be on top of everything for the final two episodes. And um, I'm kind of with Rob in that Stranger Things one, I think is one of the best seasons of TV I've ever seen. Even now I look back like just with the modest resources the Duffer brothers had. It is still one of the best episodes of TV and just storytelling. Two was, you know, it's still Stranger Things, but it was weak. Uh, three was better than two, but still kind of weak. And I was kind of wondering about this show and will it lose its power? And I think that's where season four, the beginning kind of let me off was kind of saying like, oh, I still don't think this is ever going to get back. It's true magic that it had in season one, but, uh, yeah, holy shit, I was wrong. So the rest of season four was a complete return, like to form. And then some, like it, it got back to kind of the good, kind of stakes of season one, the kind of edge of your seat, you know, thrills of season one, but it also drew together the entire mythology that the show had been spinning. And this is an unlike, and I disagree with Rob in saying that, like, it's that once in a lifetime event series that, you know, like lost was, I think lost and other shows came out in the time where it was like some Highlander bullshit where there could only be one. And like lost was like the show. Now we live in a content saturated world where there's like five the one shows at once. But I think what you're hitting on I do agree with is that I think Stranger Things has transcended this time of kind of content saturation, and new things coming at us every week and us literally just being barely able to keep up with what new is hitting this week and whatever, to become something that's timeless. And I think it's very much going to be the successor to like a lot of the amblin stuff we grew up with, like Mm -hmm. Goonies and all that stuff. And for that, for this new generation of kids, and I think it will be timeless. I think us as adults now, when our kids in 10 years are like, you know, in their double digits or, you know, in their teens, we could sit down and watch Stranger Things with them and we'll still enjoy it you know, as a story, no matter how it's aged, because it's set back in the past anyway, so it doesn't matter. But, like, we'll be able to enjoy it with them even then. And it'll become one of those kind of cult. I mean, it's a mainstream hit, but, like, you know what I mean? Its status will be cult and, like, kind of talked about, and new kids will come and watch it on streaming, and it'll do its thing. Um, Yeah, but Season 4 really did, I mean, just really did raise the bar it did all the big stuff that they were trying to do in those season two and season threes when they got the more money and the more fame but it actually kind of did it very well and the performances and the actors have all kind of grown up and matured and the new additions like eddie they were were good and so everybody did a lot of acting too and like it was it was a pretty kind of emotional finale and well put together in that two and a half hours it kind of I mean it was a Scorsese movie and it still like went pretty pretty at a pretty good clip and was very exciting and yeah they played it kind of safe with the choices and I think that was my only letdown is I had I really like had to ramp myself up for emotional damage like and in the end I was like oh I was kind of like Rachel that Rachel McAdams gif from uh, you know game (laughs) night like oh Oh, they died like you know but like as as we said like i mean i'm gonna miss eddie and i think they earned eddie because he was a breakout character like he became like a new steve you know literally and figuratively like somebody who everybody does you don't like necessarily at the beginning but then you get to like really like as you get to know him And like, yeah, that hurt people because there was a lot of people who were, I mean, that character really spoke to a lot of people who felt like outcasts and freaks and stuff like that. And that kid in high school. And so, you know, losing him was tough. But I mean, that arc for him was really good about in his acting just about he didn't, you know, that was all really well done. So I think the biggest thing for me was I was surprised that the biggest jump from the volume one to volume two was. Volume 1 ends on this cliffhanger that you're like, man, mind-blowing, right? Like, oh, man, that's crazy. And yet, volume those last two episodes of Volume 2 still managed to throw another twist in the mix to really make you be like, holy shit. Like, I didn't see that coming, but that's still brilliant. Like, I like that they are not, like, you know, they set it up that Vecna was the general working for the Mind Flayer. And I like that they just simplified all this and just were like, nope. Like, this is the guy, like, this is the guy, this is our villain, this is the mythology, like, and it makes perfect sense, because you actually feel like an asshole when you finally see him take, you know, Henry Creel, like, see the kind of smoke, the hive mind of the upside down, and he shapes into a spider and you're like god damn it how did i not put that together how did i not figure that out as soon as they started talking about because it was the only thing that was weird about the henry creel thing you're like yeah i get this whole thing but what's the deal with the spiders right like what like yeah. why the spiders um and then you're like oh okay well now this all makes sense so yeah so that was good and um it set up an epic final battle where not just 11 but will is like a main player and like it set up a lot of good stuff for the final yeah about and um in and, and still some of the fun soapy intrigue right like will robin ever feel fine love will will get to work out his gay feelings in the 80s who will nancy choose we still got a will she won't she like with nancy going in the show yeah. so like a lot of fun things um so yeah i mean stranger things really is a timeless kind of hit and it's the rare thing in Netflix that as it's going on, it's still the season. I mean, it worked to their benefit to have this extra time, I think. And they really did a good job of bringing the show back to a level of just greatness, right? Not just binging through it in a week and all of us going, Oh, that was okay. Or I had criticisms or it was divisive. And then it disappears from our minds. Like this is going to stick in our, m- this cemented it. Like this will stick in our minds for a, yeah. for a
0: Like now on, I totally agree. I'm curious now when season five comes out, if they're going to do something like break the season this way again and like do something where, you know, and even make it like a movie event or something where you could theoretically go to a movie theater and experience the last, you know, the last final episode or something with a crowd of people that are as enthusiastic and excited about it as you. Because watching this actually kind of made me wish I could have done that because there's so many kind of crowd pleasing, you know, moments there where it's almost like end game level stuff where, you know, I don't know, there's a surprise or a character like, you know, shows up out of nowhere and sort of saves the day that being in a space where I was surrounded by maybe even more people that were even more amped up than me, I feel like I would have even enjoyed it even more. And I enjoyed it a lot. So I'm kind of curious if, you know, what they do to to maximize the buzz and the excitement of that last season, because it certainly seems like people would be yearning for kind of, you know, doing something really special for the closeout of, of this story. I um, think I'll, let me just jump in real quick before you delve
2: yeah. into your part of the review. But I think what you're saying is exactly the way to do it because the promise of Netflix is it's, it's not that right. It's not episodic. It's not broken up. Yeah. Um, you get it all together. The exception this time was like pandemic people waited long enough for the season. So they got out what they could as they finished up and rushed up the finale. At least that's what they said publicly. So they can't pull that card again. But if what you're saying that that is the way they could say, Hey, look, here's the first eight episodes in the back two or this two and a half hour event, that you can see in theaters a day early or whatever, a weekend early. And that's how they could get around it. They, they yeah. advertise it as a special thing, but it's also coming to Netflix around the same time. Um, Netflix, the streaming service, Netflix of course is putting tons of movies now in theaters first for limited runs, including the gray man, which is the Russo brothers film coming up in a couple of weeks. So yeah. um, I mean, we're even hosting a and a with them in a theater. It's not like a streaming event. Right. So um, I kind of hope they do that too, at least to try it. Right.
0: Yeah. I'm sure there would be people that would be pissed off about that. And so like, I would even be okay with, you know, a release of, you know, like it's like a midnight release or something on Netflix and there's like 10 o'clock showings of it or something, you know, just so that, you know, you get people in the theater and the, the episode comes out, no one's feeling spoiled. No one's feeling like they're being forced into a theater. Everybody wakes up the next day with the same opportunity to not be, you know, spoiled or something. Um, but man, I really wanted, I felt like I wanted that. I feel like Ashley and I sat down, you know, my wife, um, and I sat down and, and, you know, I, she is like, my wife, my wife. My wife. You, were, you were talking earlier, Rob, that, that your wife goes to bed like relatively early, you know, like every night or, or before 10 o'clock. And my wife is similar in that. Capacity like ten o'clock is that's like a hard that's a hard max for her. And mm-hmm. we sat down, put the kid to bed around like you know six thirty seven. Watch the first the first of the two episodes, and you know like thirty minutes into the second episode, Ashley was saying, "Okay, well, how much longer is this? Like, we should find a good place to stop." And then it and then the episode just goes and goes and goes, and there is no really good place to stop, and. I mean, neither of us regretted just like staying up and watching the whole thing. So, I mean, we cleared it all in one night because <laughs> it felt epic and it felt, you know, fun. And it was fun to just be sort of sitting there I had a big bowl of popcorn and I was sort of treating it almost like a movie. So I could see a scenario where, like I, w- I kind of wanted to share that with even more people, I, that experience, I feel like. And I, th- I think the way that they did it with all of the storylines kind of coming together and I had no idea how they were going to pull that off. You know, like I thought there was going to be Okay, the kids, you know, that were in the desert are going to get on a last-minute flight, and they're going to show up just in the nick of time, or you know, the Russia story. Okay, maybe that's a bit separate, but at least all the kids will come together. And it was so cool when it kind of dawns on you when Millie Bobby Brown says, "You know, I'm gonna like I'm I can help her from here, I can protect her from here," and then it it sort of unlocks how they're going to connect, and then Hopper's like you know, well, maybe we can hurt this thing enough that it gives the kids a fighting chance and they're going to do that from there. And the way each of those storylines was interwoven, I I really felt like that worked. And I know some people did not feel like it worked. Like some people didn't like the Russia storyline as much and felt like that was shoved in there or wished all the kids were together. But I was quite impressed um, with a season that kind of broke everything up a bit and gave us some sort of fresh you know fresh places to go and we weren't trapped in Hawkins the whole time even yeah. though there was a lot of cool stuff that was happening in Hawkins like the way it all but but i'm
1: getting tired of that criticism like people somebody who just rewatched this whole series people aren't understand like do you guys not understand like people who keep saying this stuff like the show is rarely ever together this ensemble's hard to get together these people have not gotten together like ever even in the first season there's like there's almost an annoying way that like Joyce and Hopper and everybody don't listen to the kids and the kids are just, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> kind of running off rampant and like doing shit because the adults don't listen to them just so that you can have shoot separate scenes. In season two, there's a whole split up because of the split with Dustin and the devil dog and all that stuff and him hanging with Steve. Yeah. In season three, half of them are in a Russian base for most of the time. Uh, Dustin, Steve and Robin and and uh, Erica and like, yeah, And, you know, Hopper's doing his thing with Joyce and having her his whole relationship thing While they're investigating and then like the main thrust. So this show's never together. Like the fact that they were like physically distant. First of all, I couldn't even remember that the first time I watched. I kept having to remind myself like half the characters were in California. So like it wasn't that big of a deal. (laughs) Stranger Things is always people breaking into Scooby gangs and running around and they never get together. Season five will probably be different because there's nobody left. There's no, I mean, and even then they'll probably have to split up to accomplish some plan. So for sure.
2: Yeah. I didn't think of it until now, but like the Duffer brothers also said in in one of the interviews that he was heavily inspired by star Wars, the finale specifically. And I I didn't even think about it until right now, Ben, when you were describing it, but it is exactly the return of the Jedi layout. Yeah. Right. Luke confronting Palpatine is 11 going in there and confronting Vecna to give max time or whatever. Right. And like the, the other sub-stories are like, you know, Leon Solo and the ground crew and Endor taking out the Shield yeah, the Station. Shield. So yeah. Lando Wedge and the Fleet. A think, it, it, yeah, it's exactly. Um, but it, it is exactly this. It's the three, the two distractions, so the main players can do their thing. So it does very much play out that way, too. Yeah.
0: I, I was just really impressed with the way that I, that all came together. Because by the end of it, I was actually kind of glad that they were all separate. Like, had they all been in Hawkins you know, and, and sort of been in the same place, like they've been in some of the previous seasons where, you know, they came together at the mall and, you know, defeated the mind player. Like those different things. I I liked those and it was cool, but it ended up with like a lot of the characters just sort of like standing around while 11 holds her hand up in the air and, you know, maybe one or two other characters, you know, do something, um, I mean, everybody has a role to play, but like some of them are are more important than others. Whereas, I mean, in this one, it's like, you know, you have like Lucas is fighting the bully, trying to like get him away from Max while Max is like in there with Eleven in her mind fighting Vecna. And, you know, it, I just I thought all that really worked really well. And by the time you get to sort of Eleven hurting Vecna in, you know, sort of the hellscape of Max's mind, and you get you know, like Nancy and Steve shotgunning him out a window and, and Hopper's cutting limbs off a Demogorgon that felt like, like I was, I was so excited. And so in each of those things as they sort of built on each other, um, I thought that was, I thought that was genuinely great. Um, and there was, there was also just like a lot of fun setup up there too, with like the pizza, you know, the pizza shop kind of, you know, them preparing <laughs> to create like a, you know, like a, sensory deprivation chamber for her and and stuff like i i really dug all that um the only thing that i thought was kind of stupid about all that but i knew that they had to do it was um you know mike breaking in and giving giving 11 the pep talk and telling him that he loved her and stuff it's very 80s amblin entertainment like you were saying kofi so it kind of works just because it resonates with the kind of things we grew up loving but I also like, I also just thought that was kind of ridiculous (laughs) and stuff, you know, like that 11 needs that from Mike just seemed kind of, uh, it almost felt more like a max thing, but they had been building up that whole Mike's the hard and, you know, Will's lies yeah. and all that. Like, I understand it plays to their D&D it, personas and stuff. but
2: That's exactly it. And it follows up that powerful scene where Will – and by the way, finally, Will getting like some legit screen time and acting moments. All the OG kids were incredible in the finale all season long, but especially in the back too with the you know, more emotional moments. Uh, but finally getting Will to have his moment. But that does lead to the thing we talked a lot about last week is the poster reveal, which was not at all what I was expecting, but I thought it was cool. And it, it, it does kind of, to me, at least it earns that moment that you're complaining about a little bit, obviously, right? Um, otherwise, I, I would agree.
0: Yeah, I mean, what if we had, I had predicted that maybe Will was going to die and we were going to see the poster, and that was going to be the function of the poster. Yeah. But the poster, uh the, I, did, I did really, really like the Will stuff, um, too. And it was nice to finally see literally anybody, this time in the form of Jonathan, like lend that kid some support and just be like, I know you're going through something. You know, and I'm sorry if I wasn't there for you, but I am here for you because it feels like literally everybody else around Will is just kind of, you know, completely ambivalent to the fact that he's like struggling and he's going through something. So it was nice to finally see Jonathan kind of step up there and and, you know, be there for his brother. Um Cause yeah, I mean that could, poor freaking will. And just like you said, I mean, I think he's going to have a massive role to play and potentially still a sacrificial role to play in that, in that final season. Yeah. Um, I do have a
2: couple th- like things I, I especially love. Like the post reveal was pretty cool. The little, the Conan, the barbarian sword <laughs> that Hopper uses. Yeah. Picks up. Like that's pretty interesting. Um, one thing we haven't really delved into specifically is, there's so many subplots. And I keep harping on that point that they in so many different separate character groups doing their thing all season long. Like that was really amazing how they weave that together. But on top of that, there's like the backstory they're also trying to force in there. But it totally works. Like we get to see the full lore now of like the eleven origin, then the massacre, and then the number one slash Vecna backstories. And I thought that was like really well done, and it plays into what Kofi said earlier, where like okay, Vecna is the big bad. And I'm glad they got that all set up and done properly so we can move past that so season five you know I'm hoping like we're done with the past now you know what I mean we, it's we've served it all up now everyone's back together I'm curious if they break them apart into groups they always do but um yeah it, it, it sets up a nice platter for what season five can be with with the state of Hawkins and everybody back there
0: yeah that's uh yeah I was I was quite surprised and I don't know how you guys felt about this but I actually was kind of surprised that they just like completely leaned into ripping open Hawkins and, you know, these gates are now open and like, I'm curious to see what happens there because I don't know, it's hard to do like a a full on post-apocalyptic, you know, story where there's monsters pouring in from, you know, from a place like the upside down. And I'm curious how they do that without it just becoming kind of, I don't know, just like every other hellscape, sort of you know taking over the real world story that we've we've seen because it, it's not there it's not usually their mo to just kind of do something that i i feel like they will do it better but i'm curious how you do that better um at this point
2: yeah especially without retreading some of the same beats of this vecna battle right where they yeah. have three separate teams but it does lead into some of the questions or open-ended parts of the show that i i didn't love necessarily it's uh, things like the bullies, like we saw them a bit of a fight there, but we didn't, we did see how, what happened with that crew by the end of the show. Yeah. Right. Uh, same thing with the police force. They kind of vanished after the Eddie search in the first couple episodes. Yeah. And I don't remember seeing any of them in the final, uh, you know, when yeah, they and then there's the, 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 the kind of goofy military faction who wanted to straight up just kill 11 instead of giving yeah. her a chance. Like so, I would imagine cops bullies them in the town. Like I think Kofi said it last time we talked about this, where like the bullies will represent the town getting together and becoming a bit of an army in Hawkins at some point. That's probably what's going to happen with all these like factions that have not been, uh, you know, we don't we don't know where they're at by the end of the show. So yeah, yeah. So I I don't want to get too over the top with that stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. Like the different, you know, groups of kids could also be sort of like leading these factions too, right? Like well,
1: <laughs> maybe. You know. like well, I mean, that um...
0: scene in the gun store was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was it. Was uh, like definitely that kid, man. That bully kid. I forget which that kid's name is. Do you guys remember who the main bully is? I'm just like spacing his name right now. I don't now. know. But, um, but man, oh, that yeah. kid is a fucking jason, sociopath. His jason jason that's right yeah when that kid gets melted in half that may have been one of the more not necessarily satisfying because it wasn't just like it wasn't you know a crowd cheering type moment just because all hell is breaking loose but man what a i guess kind of satisfying way of killing him off that's just like, like a horrible way to- i miss this Oh really happen? He gets he gets punched like he gets knocked down by Lucas and he's laying on the fault line when the upside down rips open and the line it's in the attic like he's laying in the attic and that you know the magma line like opens up along like a board that he's like laying on and he just gets melted in half. Wait what? Yeah, I that. that. Why, why
2: I, my mind must erase that moment? I, I don't remember no, that at I, all. I remember
1: yeah. that yeah. the whole sequence. Like I was working and like I was trying to watch uh, this and yeah. do a bunch of stuff it, yeah. and like there's there's so much that happens in that large scale sequence of like the weird yeah. Nazi sign opening up in the ground and I was just like, yeah, y- and I was just I miss certain things about it. Like when it yeah. started,
0: it's it doesn't change your point, Rob, about like the bullies is potentially coming back and disappearing though because. like he you know the other bully like runs off that was that was like attacking erica um i think that kid lives and then the other bullies are completely mia like you don't you know i mean i guess the one kid got snapped into pieces by vecna but i still think there were there were like two or three others that were kind of like the lesser bullies or something but that jason kid yeah he gets melted in half um he's laying on the ley line and it i mean when the magma comes through he just gets burned straight in half yeah Um, so he's not uh, all
1: right, Jason. That's new information. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I was 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 actually, I was glad to write like any theory post about like what that kid was going to do in season (laughs) five. (laughs) (laughs) That might add to me. Yeah, yeah. By by the way, it's a good time to tell you kids some behind the scenes stories about how that's still like one of the most nerve wracking things you can do is like write a whole theory post and then somebody comes along and is like yeah, but you missed this scene or this spin-off novel or this comic book. It oh makes God. Star Wars writing it, terrible. Oh, yeah. my God. Star Wars <laughs> writing is horrible. Every time well, you start to write a Star Wars theory, somebody's like, yeah, well, you didn't miss the official Lucas guidebook to this, like, video game back in 1997 <laughs> where this happened. And you're like, wait, what?
0: I was talking to May, um May, who's like you know, the lead reviewer at, at Screen Rant these days, cause she asked me a question about a feature about Thor, since you know I'd seen it and I'd posted my review. And her and I just went on a long like history lesson about, you know, the ending explains and how we sort of were the creators of ending explains and how those things oh, were yeah. always nerve-wracking because it was like, you know, I remember doing the interstellar one and it was like I had to go off and like try and learn like freaking space-time relativity theories and stuff like that and definitely there's no way that that thing is as good as like what other people have potentially put out since then because how could i ever have written so you know what i mean it's those things were always uh always uh, a test for sure one speaking of that though i saw a million people raising questions about this sword that hopper got like, Holy shit, this- he gets like straight melted in half through the rib cage. <laughs> <laughs> oh I, my god. Yeah, you gotta get back, you gotta go back and watch that, Rob. It's pretty, oh, it's pretty shit. gruesome. Like oh, uh, I'll
1: tell you exactly where it is. It's it is. <laughs> um <laughs> it is at like 140, it's like a one between 145 and 146. It's like about one forty-five and thirty seconds, and one forty-six and thirty seconds at, in the last episode. Yeah, yeah, it, um, it's it is gnarly. Like, yes, yeah, so, so it goes down. Like, it's as if somebody like laid a rail, like a railroad track, across his body, and then just yeah. like smashed
0: through it, yeah. like lit it on fire or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's pretty gnarly because like he's yeah. still like moving around and oh my you know, god, I did yeah, not even crazy. see like that yeah. happen. It, it happens quick though because you're kind of following. I mean, I think you're you're sort of following like the magma moving, and so it's like, I think I, I think it's also just a shocking moment in general because people are like, holy shit, they actually are like doing this. They're not, you know, she didn't stop him, and that's what Vecna is saying is, you know, you've already lost, and you know you already lost, and and everything, but. Um, well, Rob, cues that up so we can get a live reaction of Rob watching the boat melted in half.
2: Mega fucked. Like <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> he just gets liquefied from the center. Yes.
2: Um, um, anyways, uh, Conan the, the Barbarian sword. What were you saying? Yeah. Okay. So people were
0: all been at. I saw so many. People, oh, and he screams. He's like awake for it. Oh. <laughs> um, I saw so many people. Like you know, I saw a ton of ending or not ending. Explains, but like, where did Hopper get that sword? Explained. Um, and people There's like questioning question. on Twitter, like, where did the sword come from? and i I was somewhat flabbergasted by that because like it had only been two weeks since we saw the other episodes where there yeah. was a freaking chest full of like a weapons rack and yeah, 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 it's it's just like, like it's weapons for all the guys. guys. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe that people were so confused about this. Um, but I mean, this is something that we also do when we write like feature content, right? We're always like, okay, what's the dumbest question someone could potentially ask about? this movie because we know people are going to Google it and, and be confused about it. So I get why people wrote those articles, but I was still, you know, in the industry, 12 years still shocked that people didn't, couldn't make that connection of where that sword came from. But yeah. Um, but, I'm uh, I'm
1: like suddenly wondering how many people don't know, like didn't
0: spot like what happened to this kid, the yeah, to Jason or whatever. I don't know. I, I mean, two out of three people on this podcast did not, I would no, say no, that, no. I mean, I would say that maybe you're there's a little bit of a handicap to that data because you admittedly said that you were like working while you were watching it. But the yeah. fact that Rob, no, 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 no. Rob this thing
2: was two and a half hours long, everybody could have been zonked out by the time they got <laughs> to that Yeah, no, I, I was like by myself, hyper focused, watching it. But what I'm thinking is happening, my excuse is that it's sensory overload because there's so much fucking shit happening in this episode. Yeah, I think so, especially in the back quarter of it, right? So, um, <laughs> I I remember like Lucas grabbing uh Max and kind of move her. And I also remember the emotional moment where where Lucas is looking down at her in eleven in her mind is also looking at Lucas and reacting as well. And there's such an emotional moment that doesn't even phase me that the, the molten lava just melted this dude in the background. Um I guess. I don't know. But it's pretty funny. Great I'm, scene, calling,
0: I'm calling Ashley in to ask her. If she saw this, uh, this guy get melted. So ask her what happens to the bully by the end. Where Where is he? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll have her come in here and I'll ask her. I don't know how quickly she'll come in here though. So this may be like a ten minutes from now. She gets. She actually reads her text message and uh, comes in here. So, um, okay. Well, I mean, I'm glad that I was able to educate you guys on something that happened that you didn't realize happened. <laughs> um, but uh. So yeah, okay. What else? Uh, what else? So, you know, Max. Obviously, that was probably Oof. the most like shocking and heart, you know, wrenching thing about the episode. The Eddie. I mean, I was definitely sad to see Eddie go, but new yeah. characters that. Oh, here's Ashley. Okay, we have a question for you. Okay, do you know what happened to the bully in the end of the Stranger Things season four finale? Did you see what happened to him or not? Like the kid that Lucas was fighting with. You didn't. Okay. Ashley's just being mad at me. So. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, got rid- she says, no, she doesn't know, but, uh, there you go. Uh,
2: three out of four. But
0: uh, yeah, I don't know if <laughs> this was a little bit, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, three, we'll call it three out of four. Um, But, uh, yeah, okay, so the Max, you know, the Max storyline, I would say, out of all of the different, like, I think I was saying, Eddie, I was sorry to see go, kind of expected that one, I think a little bit, though, because new characters on Stranger Things tend to be kind of like red shirts, like we had Alexi. Sean
2: Astin, yeah.
0: Yeah, we had Alexi the last season, and then we had Sean Astin the season before, so you know, they definitely have a habit of introducing new characters that people like that then sort of become cannon fodder so that they don't have to kill the kids. Um, and so I felt like Eddie Munson was definitely on that, on that trajectory potentially. Um, so I would say that as much as I I liked that and I liked his moment where he's dying and then the moment with his, um, you know, with his uncle later on who I didn't realize was the, like the robot, not robot dude, but the alien dude from agents of shield in the last few seasons, the guy that was like, uh, friends with fizz or Fitz, fizz.
2: You guys
0: know him. Something? It is him. I'm what 90% if- sure. I'm 90% no. sure. Yes. No. Yes. The guy who was friends
2: with Fitz, who, who created the robots was the dude from the mummy movies. It wasn't like, right. No, I'm thinking,
0: we're thinking of two different people. Oh. Uh, I am thinking of, uh, well, I don't know While I look this up. Um, what was you guys' reaction to the to the Max thing? I was that, surprised. I was surprised by it. Uh, uh, yeah,
2: I, after her narrowly escaping them, like doing the full pretzel thing to her, was was really fucked. And and the, the even the second the one two punch no, of that, Rob, is that she no. surrounded it
1: wrong. <laughs> Everybody should know that Kate Bush was never going to save anybody. <laughs> 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 it didn't save us in the, was the real world. Tr- it wasn't going to us then.
0: Yeah, she's just gonna cash these checks. By the way, I'm right. Uh, so he played Enoch in Agents of Shield, and he played Wayne Munson. The uh, and the actor's name is Joel Stoff or Stoffer. Um, Enoch, so that's the same guy. Enoch, yeah, he was like the yeah, that's Enoch from Agents of Shield, bro. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I Uncle Munson. Yeah. Okay. Okay. yeah, okay,
2: okay, okay. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm like two seasons behind. I'm thinking it's, of the one who created. the It's Okay, like, the robot it's weird girl. to see Enoch having motion. Oh, no, no. yeah. I was like, I know, what's wrong with I... dad? And in, in facial hair, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Turns out like that guy's actually, I hadn't picked up on him when we were, when we saw him in the first couple episodes. Um, but man, by the, yeah, when we get more sort of FaceTime with him and, and kind of get that emotional scene between him and Dustin at the end, uh, that's when I cued in on it, but man, he was, he was really great. I, I sort of appreciated that interaction. I'm a little bit, it was a little bit stilted in that like Dustin is like describing how he was like, he saved the town. <laughs> like it's like, Enoch, uh, it's hard to sort of picture how like Wayne was actually interpreting that message that he would be saving the town. But can um, I, um, I know that was more for the audience than it was for him. But
2: can I explain myself? I was thinking of John Hanna from The Mummy who played, okay. um, oh, what the hell is his name? uh Hol- Ratcliffe? Radcliffe? Holden
0: Radcliffe.
2: Oh, yeah, the, the, yeah. Yeah, he was in like two or three seasons yeah, yeah. there. And that's kind of where I fell off Agents of the S.H.I.E.L.D. I
0: never watched the very end. But yeah, I actually, there, yeah liked but, the, I actually liked the last couple of seasons. Well, once they got the Kree and the Alien future season, I was like, oh, boy, I, I'm out. So um, yeah. that's too bad. it I think it's better than you. I like the last couple of seasons more than a lot of what came before it, actually, because it kind of went and did its own thing. But we are fully off track um, at this point. So I apologize for sending us on this Enoch. What we do. But as far as like Max goes, um, fate, almost like a fate worse than death by the end of it, because, you know, she's basically in a, in a brain dead coma is what we're led to believe. I mean, I don't see any reason why we shouldn't expect to see Max back and alive. Um, Maybe blinded still. I'm not that part of it. I wasn't sure. But I assume she's lost in the darkness in the same way that Eleven was searching for, um, you know, one on behalf of, of Brenner for, you know, all that time. Um, and that eventually Max is going to be found and, you know, brought back and able to help save the day. But
2: or uh, she's still blind in a hospital bed or whatever uh, in the physical world. But. Oh, on be the Mindscape. She is a combatant against Vector. Yep. Yeah, that would be interesting.
1: Got that yeah. mind muscles, bitches. <laughs> Billy, too. <laughs> it's going to be a Billy yeah. Max reunion. <laughs> oh, oh, I,
2: orb. I, Let's go.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Barb uh, should come up with just... Barb should be the final one who just walks up and is like, hold this, oh, and just shanks
2: him, like, four times in the heart. <laughs> it's the endgame moment where, like, it's all these chrisen, portals yeah. open your mind and all these dead characters come back. Sean Astin's <laughs> there,
0: too. Kicking demodogs and stuff. Yeah. Oh, that'd be amazing. Oh, that'd be really cool. Um, I Actually, I had that same thought about Billy. Like, it almost feels like if the Mac storyline is incomplete, like, there may be something to do with, like, you know kind of somehow finding Billy or reconnecting and making peace with with the Billy of it all um in order to kind of bring her back or in order to unlock some ability that she needs to kind of take Vecna on but but it seems like it seems kind of hard to imagine that Max isn't going to have a large role and now like like will Max and 11 teaming up and working together to defeat Vecna seems like kind of the more likely scenario for season five because they've sort of all been tormented by him in one way or another, right? Like Will alludes to it, even in the end of this season that he he can kind of feel him. And now he knows who the voice is. That's been sort of in his head this whole time. And Max obviously was killed and then resurrected by, or re- killed by him and then resurrected maybe. And then, you know, we have 11 was the one that was like duped by him. Um, into releasing him and and stuff like that. So I feel like that's, there's something to that that we're going to get, but I'm not sure what the shape of it, what the shape of it is yet. Spider
2: motherfucker. What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, uh, I, I'm curious, like the, the the broader strokes, like the through line. I mean, obviously they're fighting back now and that's like the battle, but like, there's going to be like 10 episodes of this. I'm very curious what, yeah all the little storylines will be through that throughout that. You know what I mean? So uh, it's not like they split up into groups and search the world for some crazy artifact. It's not like that. They're all together back in Hawkins already. So um, that's what I'm most curious about, right? What is the normal world there at that point?
0: Yeah. That's sort of what I was wondering is like the, you know, when I was saying earlier, like I worry a little bit about these post-apocalyptics, like hell is pouring through portals in a movie it's kind of okay because you know, it's going to get undone in like 30 minutes of screen time. But like, we're talking about a whole season where we have to accept the idea that, you know, Demogorgons and Demodogs and all kinds of crazy stuff could be pouring through these portals or whatever. And that, that it's actually kind of like a a hellscape that they also, these kids are going to be a thousand years old um, by the time they're done filming this thing in a year. Bro, so, they're all
1: gonna go rent cars and use each of their cars Fast and
0: Furious style to kick <laughs> Vatman's ass. That would that'd be amazing if they just like <laughs> tie him to the back of a car and freaking like uh like drag him like that safe in, in Fast Five or whatever it was. It, you um, know, it's, uh, well, the Finn Wolf heart connection is very obvious,
2: but it's very Ghostbusters Afterlife. Like, small town, the ghosts are completely unleashed, the apocalypse is beginning, but it's all like yeah. isolated to this area, I suppose. But I, I don't know. Do you, do you think it's really going to be, like, all these little henchmen and Demogorgons, like, pouring out into, like, the real
0: world? Like, uh, maybe. Uh, That's kind of wild. But. I don't know. I mean, I just, like, I don't know why not, though, right? Like, it why wouldn't? Like, what, what is his goal? What is Vecna trying to do
2: at this point? Well, you gotta also yeah.
1: remember, there's also influences, right? Like, this season was obviously influenced by Nightmare on Elm Street was, yeah. like, a major influence yeah. with all the... Vecna kind of dream sequences. So I think it depends on what the kind of influences will be yeah. for this next season. It could be Ghostbusters for, I mean, it could I mean they kind of did Ghostbusters already. Oh, but uh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, we did, I mean, season three had a lot of Terminator and kind of red Dawn shit in it. Like, yeah. So it, it's kind of, it's going to be interesting to see, like I'm trying to think of movies where there was like an all out war for a town or something like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think it's going to I think you could stick with like a lot of the Nightmare on Elm Street themes will probably still be there as like different people kind of because, you know, you're going to have this mix of the real world. And this other world like we've always had, but kind of like flipping out, right? Kind of going Spider-Verse on us. So um, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, but I mean, Do- at the end, it's kind of blessedly simple because you just got I mean, it doesn't need to be that long. You got to fight one battle
0: yeah I and mean, it's true yeah i'm uh i'm i mean i'm obviously very excited to see what they do and i have oh, I, I just
1: want to say before i lose the point because i did lose it before uh also my other thing is people always criticize but like man those moments when this cast comes back together each season like those moments are magical man like yeah yeah when they all finally get back to each other and you like yearn for this when they're so close you're like please like let them get back like come on And like, or like when they all like, you know, whether it's Steve crashing the car and, you know, to the mall and saving them and everybody finally coming back together or just like, yeah, every season's done that really well. Or then they meet at the hospital or at the lab in season two and Jonathan and them come and pick them up and after their whole thing with Murray and like, yeah, it's, it's really good. And this one was real emotional when they all kind of reunited at
0: the end. Yeah. Especially the, especially the Hopper and 11. And I thought the Mike, like the Mike joke between Hopper and and him is funny, you know, like you grew and he's like, you shrank or whatever, because now, (laughs) you know, David, (laughs) David Harbor went and made a a Hellboy movie in the, in the time that they'd seen him last. But the, uh, but even, I mean the interaction between him and 11 was just so rewarding, right? She was like, I never gave up hope. And she's like, I left the door cracked and like the symbolism of that. And, and sort of what it meant for her. I yeah. thought that was, that was really, really good. Really it was
1: really good to do a rewatch and see all that stuff because like all that stuff was so fresh in my mind, you know, yeah. like, yeah, like the whole thing about the door cracking in season three when she's making out with Mike and like yeah, all yeah. that stuff. And so, and just the evolution of those relationships where her and Hopper and Joyce and have like basically formed a character and she gets like both her parents back at the end. Cause yeah. you know, and then Joyce is back and you know, it was all good. So they like earned that stuff. So the separate Absolutely. but coming back together stuff, it works for me. I'm never I've never been mad at that because I don't think you could people also just don't know what they're wishing for. You cannot play like, you know, we went to writing school, right? You know, the, yeah. the goddamn big worst thing in this world is to do a party scene, right? When you have all these characters yeah. in a room together <laughs> because it's so many people with each with their own motivations and agendas and dialogue styles and all this and that and the other. You can't do that in a TV show for too long. It gets it gets yeah. way too crowded. Like you gotta split people up into other factions and kind of take pieces. So, yeah, and every st- thing. And this is TV, guys. Everybody needs an A, B, and C storyline. So,
0: like that's just TV. Yeah, the I was I was quite surprised by how effective the death of Brenner was too. Um, yeah, but is he like, dead? Is he? Yeah, dead? Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, who knows? I feel right? like the post-credits scene of this whole
1: series is him going to be like hello, number one,
0: a tattooing he some new kid. Yeah, for sure. He, but I, but I was surprised. Like, I mean, you know, he's sort of in that moment like asking for forgiveness and she doesn't really give that to him, but she still is, is kind of in character for her. It wasn't cruel or callous. It was sort of like, she was sweet to him, but she still wasn't going to, you know, acknowledge that everything that he had done was, was the right thing and was in in her, her best interest or anything either. No, I think That's, they did. That, they, yeah.
1: They handled that complexity really well. Like kind of that last shot. And she just says goodbye, Papa. And she's
0: like, I'm, I'm done with this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was a little bit pissed that she didn't go back for Dr. Owens though. Um, poor old yeah. Paul risers. Just like <laughs> now with the military guys after having saved her ass, like twice um, now in this season. Uh, but, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll, basically probably be the voice in the room that convinces those military guys to you know to join up and, and get on the thing. right side of the yeah thing, right like them all coming together it makes sense that he would be now in position to actually have that conversation with them um and convince but that general's gotta crazy. die yeah that guy's an asshole for sure that guy yeah he's yeah.
1: crazy like he's one of the most sadistic people in this he tortured that poor fbi agent he oh, took a God job, story. tried to get some pizza Got shot and then just got Cooked in a box for
0: whatever <laughs> For like weeks at a time, yeah and
1: Plus, black on black I'm going to take this private, like, you know, personally <laughs> so go Black on black, militaristic, like, government violence Like, come on, bro, what is that? Yeah. Like, what <laughs> is
0: that? Come on Yeah, that dude needs a, that dude needs a, like You're not invited to the kick You've you had your kick out, you're not invited <laughs> to ours
1: anymore <laughs> oh, Crazy
0: <laughs> bastard yeah, that guy needs a magma ley line run through the middle of him for sure at some point. Hey,
2: I, have a, um, I have a question. I have a question. Uh, yeah. Two questions, actually. Do we think Robert Englund's character as Henry or number one's father, Victor Creel, comes back and plays a part in the finale? That would be interesting.
1: I think he yeah. runs in to try to kill him, but he can't see, and then he just smacks a ball. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> would have been way more effective, yeah, if he hadn't. Uh, he hadn't – Poked his own eyes out or whatever. I but he oh, I'm sorry, but he. I mean, there is
1: kind of they build up one emotional bomb left to drop, which is that Victor Creel doesn't actually know. Yeah, that, that he, yeah. Henry was the one who did it the whole time. Still, that's yeah. it.
0: That would be interesting. Um, I'll tell you why the one argument I have against the idea of him showing backup, and it is because of what Kofi said earlier that his presence in this show being Robert England is that the show this season was kind of based on, you know, inspired by and takes, you know, takes inspiration from, you know, nightmare on Elm street and kind of those movies and stuff. So like that would, in that sense, he would be kind of out of place, like that cameo, that sort of that piece, but the character himself, it would seem like could potentially have more of a role to play. For This sure. is, this is Freddy Krueger's redemption arc. He gets to be the hero, <laughs> right? That would, that would be something. Has Robert England ever played anybody that was a good character or a good person? No, it's like, it's not like really. Fun fact, though, uh,
2: you know he was supposed to play Carrie Elway's character, the mayor, in the pr- prior seasons. I don't know if we talked about right. that previously, but yeah. So this wasn't the original plan for him.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I would be curious to have him back for sure. Any other uh, any other predict- predictions? Do we ever see Dmitri again? I like that character quite a lot. Yeah, um, I yeah, I think so. About.
1: Yeah, he was likable. I think he'll be back. You know, I think we'll have something with his son or something like that. I think, oh, like, yeah. I mean, there's like a weird way, like the Russians can come in. It depends where we are in the world, I guess. But like, there's a weird way, like the Russians could help out or the KGB or somebody, and you know, yeah, that'd helps. be interesting. Kind of like, uh, we're all humanity and, you know, you know, what unites us killing hell spawn.
0: Yeah. that would be kind of interesting <laughs> if like this takes, uh, the tact that like the Soviets and America actually kind of team up with all this, like, you know, experimentation and knowledge that they've now have of this, you know, this other dimension and stuff, um, that they would, they would be, uh, they would be allies as opposed to kind of competing against the U.S. in this scenario. Well, it's kind but of in the
1: thematic. Well, it's kind of in the thematic framework because Vecna's whole kind of Henry slash one's whole kind of viewpoint is that humanity is this just pathetic life form that just does this endless cycle of nothing great, right? Like yeah. just kind of getting up, eating, crabbing, screwing, and dying. So if like something did kind of and yes, this is fantasy, but like if something did unite like all these different people and all these different powers together to kind of fight, it would kind of be, well, it'd be good for a last monologue before Vecna gets his ass handed to him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what? Um, okay. I have, I have just kind of a few fun questions and then, you know, if there's anything that you guys want to want to wrap up with, with stranger things, but who does Nancy choose? And, does that couple live like happily ever after? So like she could choose Steve and then Steve could get, you know, play a sacrificial part in the final season, or she could end up staying with Jonathan and similar thing, or maybe Nancy does. So I'm curious. I'm curious if you think there's like a happily ever after for Nancy and who she chooses.
1: I think this is going to be a modern show for 2020s women. And uh, she organizes herself a thruple that does not interfere with her career. <laughs> that
2: would be I respect that. I respect that. Um a thruple, huh? Um, it's I, I, I gotta be honest, I did not love where those three ended because they wrote it so so hard it into Steve. Yeah. Like Steve just says, I have her whole life planned out. It's you and the kids, and he's with her the whole time. And then Jonathan finally comes back, and all their interactions are like awkward. And it's like, <laughs> guys, there's no chance yeah. here, right? So yeah. um, if they wrote the Jonathan part of it better and gave him a chance, um, I mean, this all depends. Because I, th- I really do think season five is going to do a lot more with Will and Jonathan and the Byers yeah. family. So we'll see. But the way this season plays, Steve, it's like they are definitely pushing that, right? So
0: yeah. So my new theory is that Will. Is going to team up with Eleven and Max to like, you know, somehow take down Vecna together because they've all, as I said, you know, have been affected by him directly. And in that process, he is going to be in a position to sacrifice himself. And Jonathan is going to save him and die in the process, leaving Nancy and Steve to <laughs> ride off in the sunset together. That's my prediction. <laughs> I, but it said it is a bit established here because, you know, Jonathan is saying like I'll never leave you again. Um, you know, to will and and stuff like that. And Steve, we have that sort of, you know, the the sort of growing closer of Steve and Nancy that just seems like that's where the show wants to go. Um, like I don't see them backing off of that. So unless there's this thruple, I guess. I guess I hadn't considered that possibility. Well, but we do know how great our track record is at
2: predicting streaks <laughs> nice on this show.
0: <laughs> Yeah, super, super great, guys. Super great. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, those are the majority of the things that I kind of wanted to touch I, base on. I
2: only have one more, like another. Sp- speculative thing but it's more just like curiosity do we think th- this show will end in a way that sets up potential you know spinoffs in this universe or is, is it going to be a
0: nice clean tight it has got the to end? be it has got to be like left open in some way to continue this is it's way too big of a franchise like you mentioned you know you mentioned earlier lost and you mentioned you know game of thrones lost wasn't able to spin itself off but I mean, Game of Thrones certainly is, is trying to do that. And oh, I think yeah. this does have the energy. It does have the fandom to do something like that, whether it's a prequel or whether it's, you know, you take, you know, I don't know, some of the kids like later and you kind of it chapter to it where they're a bit more grown up and now there's some new threat they have to tackle. I could definitely see that. The last um, week, Kofi said X-Files
2: with like uh, Murray. Oh, with George Murray. And
0: yeah. Harvard, yeah. I mean, I would watch that <laughs> too, that. for
1: sure. Yeah, I would watch that too. Man, uh, well, breaking news. We're sitting here doing this and Carlos Santana has collapsed on stage. Oh no. no. Yeah.
0: Oh man. Dude, we're getting old. It's like people that we grew up like yeah. uh, you know really loving and stuff. It's like they're actually are old enough now where things like that can happen.
1: Yeah. I mean uh, the guy who actually convinced me to go to the new school where you and I met is uh he was a philosophy professor there. He died. He was also my dad's mentoring and and got him into uh, the philosophy department at the college where I grew up. And uh, yeah, he had like mentored me and my dad and yeah, he passed away today. And that's like the, that's like the fifth funeral this summer, man. We're getting old. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah. And we're at that age, I guess. Well, hopefully he's okay. Um, Yeah. Fucking love Santana. Uh, All right. Well, anything else to say about this? Uh, No. You're me
2: upside down. Yeah. I mean, I I don't imagine anyone is listening to this having not seen it, but holy crap, if you have not (laughs) jumped on the uh, Stranger
0: Things bandwagon. That is a question. That is actually a question because there are some people that we know, um, you know, like listeners from the podcast that have specifically told us they do not watch this show which kind of boggles my mind. And you know who you are because I was shocked by this. Um, But yeah, I mean, at this point, like, do you incur, I, I, I personally like, yeah, I still would encourage someone to go back to season one, watch it and prep for season five, like wrapping this whole thing up. It feels like this is one of those special shows that even if you've kind of missed out on the last four years of, of the buildup and the, Speculation and everything like that to be there for that final season when this thing you know kind of crescendos um i can't I cannot think of other shows that I would necessarily recommend over this right now to go watch. I mean it feels like you are missing out on something What a rare and fortunate opportunity
2: to be in a place where there's four seasons of stranger things and you have not experienced <laughs> any of it right yeah, what are you yeah. doing?
0: yeah, for sure. Um, (laughs) yeah, that's great for sure. Uh, all right. Well, we can, like we can probably wrap up. I mean, we're at about, you know, we're at about an hour and 10 minutes or something. Um, we can, you know, we took some, we took some divergences next week. We'll, uh, we'll be reviewing Thor love and thunder, which I wrote God and thunder like a million times during my review and had to keep re, uh, re like setting myself, but, um, love and thunder uh Kofi and I both seen it Kofi do you want to like tease how you felt about it just like quick like 30 second tease of what you thought of it
1: fun funny
0: heart yeah there is love
1: and there is thunder
0: yeah it's true yeah um yeah I would I think that sums up uh sums up mine pretty well as well I think you know, the big thing about this one over Ragnarok, and, in my opinion, at least, and will I'm sure we'll be unpacking this a bit more next week, is just, like, it takes all of the great comedy of Ragnarok, and then it adds, like, a story that really does have kind of an emotional core to it with characters that you already care about and are kind of established, and I found that to work. Um, some people haven't, I guess, but um, more than anything, it's really, really fun, really, really funny. And, uh, but it has a nice, it has a nice, sweet sort of story at the core of it uh, that I, that I really dug. So, um, also that opening gore scene is fucking, it hits different when you have a daughter. That's for, that's for sure. I'm just going to say that. Um, Mm-mm. uh, you said you Bro, kept please go
1: back and watch a rival and come back and
2: talk to me. <laughs> oh, God, oh, I, can. I don't think I can. I don't think I can. Uh, Ben, you said you kept writing the word "God." Is that because of the game Thor, God yes, of Thunder? I think so.
0: I think. Fun so. fact:
2: that's the worst reviewed game in my career. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do that for the what the hell was it? it? Was I forget? It was the Sega tie-in game for the movie. Oh my god!
0: I, I wanted to give it zero out of five. It was so bad. But yeah, that's I remember story that, that day. because I, I like that was back in the that was back in the GR days, right? Oh yeah, this was t- 2011, yeah, like when the I movie remember. came out. Yeah. I feel like you and I had like a lengthy conversation about that at like Comic-Con or somewhere where we both, maybe it was New York Comic-Con we were just like sitting there like shooting shit. And you were like, God, I just had to, I still have to write my review of that game. And I was like, Oh man, I love movie tie-in games. Cause generally I do have a Jesus. soft spot for movie tie-in games. Um, even though they're genuinely or generally rather terrible. Yeah. But I remember you being like, this is like, this isn't even unironically bad. It's just, it's just very, very bad. Mm-hmm. Um, All right, So
2: for next week then, or in a couple of days, we'll see.
0: Yeah, for sure. It'll just depend on when Rob sees it. So everybody get a bug, Rob, tell him that he needs to get out, see it early. Maybe we'll try and record a bit early. If not, you know, we'll be back on Monday um, with the episode and uh, we'll be reviewing uh love and thunder. It should be a fun, should be a fun conversation. Um, that will do it for this week's episode of podcast X. Uh, you can follow me at Ben Kendrick. That's B E N K E N D R I C K. Um, you can check out what I'm doing over at Rise at Seven, um, and check out my reviews at Screenrant.com with the lovely folks that write at that website. Rob Keys.
2: Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Rob underscore keys. That's K E Y E S. I am FailCube on Twitch and Instagram, and you can uh, see our teams' work on CBR Collider and Screenrant.
0: Mr. Kofi Outlaw, special guest.
2: You can find
1: me over at another podcast, Comic Book Nation. Uh, the one show that does everything for geek culture. And uh, we got to try to keep all that straight each week. It's a real, it's a real adventure. Uh, it is also the official podcast of comicbook.com where you can find my writings, my musings and everything else. Um, And you can find me on Twitter at Kofi outlaw. And that's the only social I will talk to you on the rest. <laughs> I don't even bother. Stay. All
0: right. That's it. Yep. Um, yeah, you know, as Rob and I have said before, please review the show on your podcast provider of choice. Give us five stars. If, uh, if you're digging it, recommend it to your friends. We're seeing the subscriber counts going up. We're regaining some momentum from our, from our SRU days. So that's exciting. So keep recommending the show. Um, yeah, we, uh, we appreciate you guys' support. We'll be back next week with uh, Love and Thunder. And then, you know, maybe, I guess not maybe, I've committed at this point to by the end of July to have recorded a, uh, a Project X re-review with these guys. So if you've never seen Project X, I guess now's the time for you to revisit it. It's on Netflix until uh, the 31st of July, according to Kofi and, and some of our listeners. So check that out. and We'll, uh, we'll circle up on that here in the near future. Thanks for listening. See you guys next week.